Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, listeners. This is Scream Queen Brooke Lewis, and I am a huge fan of From Page to Scream. What kind of people are we dealing with here, Doc? They're coming to get you, Barbara. I want to go down the street from Mackenzie's house. I want you to tell them to call the police and tell them to send them over here. Now, do you understand me? Go do as I say. Have fun scraping all them brains up off the road. <laughs> It's October. It's horror month. Should be. I know. Should be cool. Still though. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, horror month's cool, but I mean, it's closer to Christmas. Yeah. <sighs> so, how's life treating you? How's work? Hectic. Stupidly mm-hmm. hectic. But it's work. Pays bills. It is unfortunate. Uh, 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 pays bills and hopefully keeps you in the odd uh, PlayStation game or whatever. Yeah. So, are you playing anything at the minute? Not like uh, Dest- right, right at this moment, but you know. Destiny Two. What's your thoughts? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Uh, good. I got a bot for my birthday, so. Fair enough. How was your birthday? Um, it was quiet. Very quiet. That's but when you when you reach when you reach the upper echelons of the thirties, then <laughs> it's you don't care to be honest. No. As a matter of fact, when you reach the thirties, you don't care to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? As long as somebody gives you like one present. Like Destiny 2, then that's cool. And it just it can take your mind off the fact it's your birthday. I'm happy with the birthday card. People don't do those as much nowadays, though, do they? You, just, you, you know, you get a Facebook message or something, but I think I do miss the days of having birthday cards. I got two birthday cards, and one, um, a person decided to actually make it slightly more unique, and the best thing about buying them off of place, places like Moonpig is you can personalize them properly rather than being stock birthday cards. Yeah. So that's exactly what he did. He put Rick and Morty on the front of it, and Yay. it was a Rick and Morty uh, birthday card. Um, but I um, surprisingly, I told him that, because he's never seen an episode of Rick and Morty. Uh, neither have I. Um, he had obviously Google who Rick and Morty was. And there's a character in uh, Rick and Morty called Mr. Meeseeks. Yeah. He's a blue character who grants your wish. Um, well, grant you press a box, a button on top of a box, and um, any problem that you have, the Mr. Meeseeks tries to help him. Assu- helps you. As soon as he's uh, fulfilled his purpose, he disappears. He dies. Okay. Oh. That's his whole purpose. Well, he didn't realize that the writing that he put on um, as Happy Birthday was the Mr. Meeseeks color. So that's all. I thought that was him intentionally you know that, and it was a brilliant little touch. But when I told him, <laughs> I haven't a clue who Mr. Meeseeks is. And then I showed him my tattoo on my leg and went, that's Mr. Meeseeks. Look, the colour matches. He went, oh. He, he could have shut up and uh, take the credit, couldn't he? But yeah. bless him for being honest. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a nice little touch, the Mr. Meeseeks blue. Nice. So there's you thinking, oh, he's gone this whole extra. Month. Nope, didn't even know who he was. Yep. So is he going, is he going to uh, go and watch some now, though? Nope. No, Why? 
Um, I don't know. Probably she doesn't have taste, but I don't know. Because I've not seen it, and I'm not avoiding it, but everybody who I hear talking about it loves it. So I know at some point I'll end up watching it all. And, I absolutely you know. adore it. Um, why would I get a tattoo, a Rick and Morty tattoo, <laughs> if I didn't yeah. like it? It's good. Scar, the body, scar my body for the rest of my life. Exactly. I hate the show now. Laser removal. It's like, do you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get a Nightmare on Elm Street remake tattoo on my leg. That's a good idea. No. Yeah, we'll get. Uh, I'll get Jackie Earl Haley on my leg. No. <laughs> it's not happening, is it? No. Nope. Uh, I've got some horror news. Why is Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to Halloween? Because she got killed. Yeah, well, they'll find a way. Actually, <sighs> if I remember correctly, and um, people are probably going to prove me wrong, this is the actual proper sequel to Halloween 2. I know, I don't like it when they're st- uh, starting to do this. They're doing it with the Terminator films as well, aren't they? And the, yeah. the Neil Blomkamp alien thing to a certain extent. Like, oh, we'll just forget That'll the crap happen. ones and we'll carry on from that. It's just that. To me, it annoys me. I think it's like really lazy writing. Do it the way the Fast and the Furious did and just make it accidentally um, with some sort of continuity. But do we need Jamie Lee Curtis back? I don't I do don't know. Another, it do we need another Halloween movie? Is probably the better question. Jamie Lee Curtis is great, but do we need another Halloween movie? Well, it seems to be in decent enough hands. David Gordon Green, even though he does comedies, and um, it is got I can't remember his name. Danny McBride. Uh, Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah. again, comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he tried to show his hand in sci-fi with Alien Covenant, yeah, um, which he wasn't too bad in that, to be honest. All right. but, but yeah. Um, I, he's got a love of the um, Halloween series, and I know Rob Zombie did as well. But the problem with that was that Rob Zombie was always shackled by the studios. Yeah. Whereas with this, they're not shackled by the studio at all, because um, you've got John Carpenter on board as well. John Carpenter is doing the music for our buddy also. Um, it's getting uh, released by Jason Bloom, yeah. which is the best person if you've got a horror film to get released by, because he. He lets these directors get on with their work rather than just forcing them to do what he thinks is best. He actually lets them get on with their job, so which is the way you should do it. And if a, it's, a, it's a passion project, so at least that's there. But according to um, Diva Gordon Green and Danny McBride, is that nothing gets um, greenlit on the film unless John Carpenter says, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I was watching a documentary on YouTube because I went down the YouTube rabbit hole today and started looking up for horror documentaries. And there was one with John Carpenter. He just seems very, yeah, whatever. I'm not bothered. I don't care. Um, so he'll be getting a nice big check for this remake. So yeah. he'll be happy about that. But will he be really involved with the film? Yeah, he is. He's like? involved in from, from the start. Is that so. a good thing, though? I mean, I love Carpenter, but... We'll see. You know, we'll, It's not out until next year anyway, next October. So we'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed. I don't want any film to come out and be crap, but... You know, we've yeah, we've burned that many times with Halloween sequels and whatnot. Fortieth so. anniversary for it, so yeah. that's scary. I hate it when things like that come out. It's like, and yeah. Ghostbusters or Stand by Me is such and such old. You're like, what? Stop it! Stop reminding me of my age. Yeah, just like when it was released, twenty-seven years after the TV series. You're like, I remember that coming out. Shut up. <laughs> Which we've years. both seen. Yeah, uh, we shall uh, have a good old natter about that. Which is a little um, added extra tidbit. It's gone back to the number one spot on the US charts. I'm not surprised. It's not, it's not Kingsman off the top, um, which only spent a week there. And American um, American Maid, which is um, 
Tom Cruise's new film, which was released over here about a month ago, a month and a half ago, yeah. which it knocked off the top spot, failed to actually get to number one. So yeah, it is just absolutely demolished. Absolutely demolished. Every single record it could break, it absolutely broke it. So It's the biggest R-rated horror movie of all time now, isn't it? It's not highest the Exorcist gross, off the top. Highest grossing one. Yeah. Highest grossing horror film of all time. Bye-bye Exorcist. It's held yeah. that one for quite a long time, and now that's gone. If you took inflation into um, account, though, uh, The Exorcist is still number one. Yeah. Um, it's it made if it took it take inflation, it's about nine hundred million worldwide. Wow. The Exorcist, but if you take inflation out of the the equation, then um, it is beating it, and it's yeah. still got legs. Oh, it has. Because it's yeah. going to be it's going to be in the cinema in the UK for another at least four weeks, and then Halloween comes around, and people want to go back to the cinema to see it again. So you'll see it creep up on the chart at the end of the month because it's only got a couple of films to go up against. Um, Saw, well, Jigsaw, yeah. that's out um, a week before Halloween, so it's those two battling against each other. Jigsaw will have a, a decent opening weekend, but it I think will actually be Jigsaw in its second week. So yeah, I think so. So well, we took ourselves out to cinema and watched it. So. It was very good. Um, but yeah, the Jamie Lee Curtis thing, eh. what I'm doing is what on my uh, social, sort of news-wise, I'm making myself news today, is uh, because it's Halloween, every day this month, I'm going to Instagram and tweet a picture out of a, the cover art of a different British horror movie that people should go watch. So the first one I did this morning was Paul Hyatt's Howl, which uh, I've seen before, but we, I rewatched it again this week. So I've got a whole, I've got a pile of 31 DVDs downstairs, and I'm going to start sharing all the pictures out and stuff, just getting a bit of the old social media stuff going. So he'll uh, keep an eye on that and see if it thumbs up or thumbs down. Some of them I've not actually seen, but I do on the DVDs, so who knows? Hopefully they're all It's quiet. always good to actually put in a few that you've... N- it's always best to put a few that you've not seen in that list, because yeah. it's re-watching the same films over and over again. That's fine, but you need to mix it up with a smidge. I know, it's, I'm really tempted to just rewatch Dawn of the Dead and Halloween and Night of the Living Dead, but I watch those every single year, so I'm going to try and watch some different ones this year. But I'll probably end up watching Halloween yeah. on Halloween for obvious reasons. So, um, and there's and it, a few horror, new horror films of note out this month anyway, so... Good, you can let me know which ones they are, other than Jigsaw. Yeah, well, Jigsaw's out this month. You've got Cult of Chucky, that's out next week. Yep. You've got uh, Leatherface, which unfortunately, if you're in, um, outside of America, um, unfortunately, we don't get it until November. But oh. if you're in America, um, you get it. I'll get onto it later on because I have actually seen Leatherface. Yep. Um, you've got Jeepers Creepers 3. That's yep. out this month as well. So th- there is a few. Good. Good, good. And then uh, later this month, we get the second season of Stranger Things. Yeah. And The Exorcist started in America season two on Friday. Yeah, I've not seen season one of that. I've seen the first episode. No, not for you. I've, I've seen the first episode of season one. I thought it was actually pretty decent, very well created. Right. I haven't gone back to it. Yeah, there's not enough time, is there? Nope. Not enough time at all. We'll wait until you hear the films I've seen, so you'll definitely see why there's not enough time. <laughs> You've been watching lots of movies. Yeah. So, um, I'm also going to do a segment at the end of the podcast, so don't let me forget to do it, which is the best thing that's happened this week and also the worst thing. I listen to another podcast called The Open Forum Radio, and they do that every single episode, and I quite like it. Yeah. So, not necessarily the best film or the worst film you've seen, but just the best thing or the worst thing that's happened to you this week. So hopefully the worst yeah. thing isn't too bad, but you know, it will be what it is. So, yeah. Um, how's podcasting with yourself? 
So, okay, there wasn't a show last week because mm-hmm. Andy was having... Uh, well, I'm not going to what what was wrong with Andy. And then I was yeah. supposed to have done the show um, on my own on the Tuesday. And unfortunately, I ended off getting a bug. Oh. So I hadn't been well for the better part of the week. Man, so it, it's it's hard to do a show on your own. But when you're not feeling very well, it's really difficult to actually even garner up any kind of will to do a show. So I had seen the films I was supposed to have seen. I saw King, Kings of the Golden Circle. Um, which I was reviewing. I saw Beer Watch, which I was reviewing. I saw King Arthur, yep. um, which I was reviewing. And I've seen a couple of other films, which I was reviewing. So I had enough stuff there. It's just I wasn't feeling too good. So Delightful. no show, but there is a show on um, tomorrow. What do you uh, think of Baywatch? Because I saw that. It made me laugh. The first half hour made me laugh out loud. And then when it got serious, it was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it didn't make me laugh at all, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Really? It would be. Not even the deck chair <laughs> or, no. the, or the One Direction comments or no, no. nothing. Damn. No, I thought it was very funny. No, it, it didn't because uh, the deck chair one—it's a stereotypical junk caught in something. So <laughs> yeah, but it, it's kind of—it's jokes which have been done before, um, oh, yeah, and then totally. they rehash the junk joke a little bit later on in the film. So yeah, it's it's childish. Yep. When they have to go down to that kind of thing to garner any kind of giggles from it. Um, 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street didn't do that. Yeah, they did the drugs joke, but it was funny on that front there. But they didn't go down the gross out uh, junk kind of humor stuff. So that's how you handle comedy. Handle it with a little bit more finesse and not as moronic as the way it did. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. No, it wouldn't have been my worst film of the week that I would have reviewed. But um, yeah, it, it still wasn't very good. I uh, I had no plans in watching it because I'd heard it was bad and then somebody at my workplace watched it and said it was really funny. So I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. And for the first half hour, 40 minutes, it did make me laugh a lot. And then it sort of tailed off. But it definitely it could have been a lot worse. But yeah. yeah, it could have been King Arthur. Yeah, which I really don't want to. I like Guy Ritchie and I like King Arthur films, but that is just the weirdest. Let's get Guy Ritchie to do a King Arthur film. No, let's not. It just sounds like the worst idea ever and on all accounts it probably is yeah considering that he puts a rocky-esque montage in it as well god so let's have a montage in a king arthur film really does he do really? that does he do the slow-mo sort of weird funky loads camera? of oh, slow-mo my god the yeah. camera is an absolute <laughs> nightmare in that film it's an absolute nightmare worse than the ca- actually no i was going to say worse than the camera in kingsman the golden circle but that that's that was worse but the camera is really bad the way he frames the shots, the way he actually brings the shots together is shocking. I know it's a horror show, but that, the film itself is a horror, and the fact that where it was actually made, the acting is abhorrent. Yep. It's really awful. It's not a very But again, that wouldn't have been my worst film of the week. What was? <laughs> um, Terrence Malick's latest film, Song to Song. Right, okay. Which is just two hours of absolute claptrap. <laughs> it, it's a director who was so far up his own bum that he can, he will never find his way out, even if he had a compass, a GPS, and a map, <laughs> and somebody guiding him out as well. He would never be able to find his own way out because it's pretentious beyond belief. And it's a director who was, um, over the last few films, have just been obsessed with the... There, there's an episode of South Park where you've got these critics who smell their own farts because they think that the higher might... I think he's just constantly got a gas mask on a fart because that, that's all he's doing. He, he's just really so far up his own backside. It's unbelievable. It's an absolutely horrendous film. 
There's song, only song. two decent Terence Malick films, Badlands and Thin Red Line. I love the Thin Red Line, but everything beyond that, I've never bothered watching because it, they do get hammered, like Tree of Life and what's that, Into the Wonder or whatever it was called. Never bother yeah. watching that either. And then by all accounts, this new one's crap as well. So it's re- if, you were, if you were had to do a movie show and you were looking for your 10 f- worst films of the year, because I know you don't focus on the negative side of things. You like to, you like to look at the positive in absolutely everything. Yep. I would challenge you to watch song, song and see if you can find a positive in it. <laughs> it finishes. How long is it? <laughs> it's about two hours. Damn, so I can't even say it's short. Yeah, because um, Mark Kermode, a critic who I absolutely love, yeah. Um, he's a huge Terrence Malick fan. And when he reviewed the film, he absolutely ripped it apart. Right. So, yeah, it, it's just it, not every critic has absolutely hated the film. There has been some critics who thought it was really good. Like, for example, The Guardian. The Guardian gave it a really good review. But, yeah, I like I, I really like Mark Kermode. But I, I try to watch films before he reviews them so then I can hear what he thinks of it yeah. to, to make up my own mind. But... Even he, he absolutely hated it. Whoops. Like you said, I think they, they sort of just give Terence Malick money and go go make wonderful art. And he comes back with whatever he comes back with. And I don't know. His films absolutely bomb at the box <laughs> office as do. well. So I, so I don't know how he's getting funding to actually have actors like Michael Fassbender and um, Ryan Gosling and Rooney Mara in his movies. It when just, the it, be- he seems to be one of these names who people want to work with. You know, the, the same way that like, people want to work with Woody Allen. Terrence Malick seems to have this thing when they go, oh my the God, I want to work with this guy. Is that Woody Allen films um, seem to do work here at the box office. Yeah. They seem to at least make their money back. Um, every single one of Terrence Malick's films so far have not made their money back. So that makes you question, how is he still actually getting funding to do them? If you look at companies like Eurocorp, um, which is um, which does films like Lucy and uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets and um, the Luc Besson stuff, which is co-funded by Luc Besson. And yep. um, even if the film bombs at the box office, they're still actually making their money back because of the way the film was actually funded. Right. Um, so the the biggest bomb for them was Valerian and the um, the City of a Thousand Planets. Yep. But um, it still actually made its money back, even though it was a bomb at the box office. So the way they actually handle it is very different to the way of the studios handler, but how the hell is Malik still getting funding? It should be like the German government and cutting the funding off for Uvia Ball. They should turn around <laughs> to Malik and say, if you want to make this kind of pretentious claptrap, you've got to fund it yourself from now on. Because they're probably not that cheap either. No. Because they're about eight hours long, aren't they? Half of these, anyway. Yeah, did, in America, they barely make um, a million. In the UK, they never, ever get any close to a million. Can't even remember the last Terrence Malick film which did make a million. I think it would probably be Thin Red Line. Probably. Which I love that do love that film, but everything beyond that, nah, not interested. So grim. But we have watched some good films, I think, though. Have you seen any news that is uh noteworthy, horror wise? Um Robert Englunder says that he wants Kevin Bacon to play a Freddy Krueger. Okay, that's interesting. What do you think? Interesting. <laughs> it's like, okay, prove it. Prove it's good. But that's, yep. <laughs> you just don't know yeah. where to go with that. No, you think you, you sit and you don't even come in with the, oh my God, that's a terrible idea. Because you go, eh, do you know what? That that could, yeah, let's put that to one side. That could work, actually, that. I want to know more. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, so. Hmm. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, fine. exactly. I don't know where to go with that one. That's kind of odd, but cool. Um, Hocus Pocus is getting a TV remake. Yeah, this is weird, isn't it? I was listening about this one last night, and it's not even a TV series. It's just a TV movie. Why not just re-release the original one? Because that holds up pretty well. Yeah. Or if you're going to do it, make it into a series of movies or a TV series or something. But just to remake a film and show it again on TV, I don't quite get how they're going to make the money on that. But who knows? There's definitely not one. Um, Spike, the TV channel in America, has cancelled the Mist TV series. Yes. Did you investigate this show? Haven't seen a single episode of it. Saw the pilot and I'm like, me. The film, really good. The, the series, the premise looks interesting, but it's just very, very clunky. So it's all on Netflix, but we just we gave up after the pilot episode. We thought, well, yeah. we'll watch it at some point, but now I'm not going to bother because it's been uh, scrapped. Nicholas Wynum reference Mania Cop reboot is now officially completely dead. Oh, who was uh, peed off about that the other day? I saw something online where somebody was not happy with, might have been Bruce Campbell or somebody, I don't know. But somebody was mad about the, the remake. Yeah, it's now officially 100% dead. I know it ran into trouble a couple about a month ago, but now it is being officially announced that it's not going to get made at all. Hey. Um, and have you seen the Hatchet series? No, I haven't seen them. Nope. But you know of them? Yes. Well, can you remember what happened with their 10 Cloverfield Lane? Nobody knew that there was a sort of like pseudo-sequel to Cloverfield coming out um, a month prior to the 10 Cloverfield Lane release, and, and then yeah. a trailer all of a sudden appeared out of nowhere, yeah. and there, lo and behold, there was the film yeah. a month later. Well, what the director of, Adam Green, that is, um, the director of um, the Hatchet series announced at, I can't remember what festival it was. I know it was a, at a horror festival in America that he was um, at work on the fourth Hatchet film called Victor Crowley. And then he had a surprise and said, it's already being done and shot, and there you go, there's the film. Wow. So nobody knew about the fourth and the Hatchet series, Victor Crowley, and and let alone knew that it actually even had a script or whatever. But the film was finished, completely finished, and he showed it in its full at this horror festival. Nice. There and then. That that's a very interesting way of doing it. Imagine being able to keep that under your hat for that long. I know it's not like a huge series, but if you know your horror films, you'll have heard of the Hatchet series. So that's but, yeah. really good. Yeah, because to be able to keep a secret about any film nowadays is pretty impressive. Yeah. So he gets the prize of um, shocking fans because uh, I know Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, that was a bigger bigger film. And the film came out a month after it's had its first trailer showed. Whereas with um, with Victor Crowley, he showed the trailer and then he went, by the way, here's the film straight after the trailer. So I bet fans love that. Like, That's amazing. Best thing yeah. ever. Because they'll have obviously gone along to see um, Adam Green talk about um, the Hatchet series. And then all of a sudden, boom, there you go. That's Happy amazing. Christmas. I bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to have been there because I... I I liked the first one, didn't like the second one, liked the third one. I th- 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 uh, thought one and three are actually fun films. So, yeah, I would have uh, been really happy if I saw that. Yeah, definitely. Plus, it'd be really cool for you to be there when they unveil this thing, like it would have been for the Woods Blair Witch sort of unveiling. Yeah. You know, it's something special. You know, I was there when. Yeah. So, well done to Victor Crowley on that front. Hell yeah. And Adam Green. Yep, Definitely. Anything else, or is that... That's all I've got. We'll probably get loads of horror news throughout October, because obviously the horror people are all super, super busy and and carving up pumpkins and all that sort of stuff. 
So, have you checked out any of the new season of American Horror Story? Nope. Yeah, it's been on four weeks. I've seen the first three episodes, but I'm kind of I'm out. It's too weird and surreal. This one. It's all based. It's American Horror Story cult, and it's all based around fear and set after the election of Donald Trump. So everybody just kind of, it's very purge like which is no bad thing because I quite like The Purge, but it just has that weird feel about it. But it's all killer clowns and neurotic people running around and it looks like the collapse of society, but it's just, it's a bit odd. I'm not a fan. I liked the previous season, Roanoke, because it was very sort of Blair Witch Project type stuff. It's set around the making of a TV show. But this new season's just too damn weird for me. So yeah. I think that will be carrying on um, on her own with that. Plus they, they microwaved a guinea pig in this latest episode, and it's like, nope, don't need to say that. Thank you very much. I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah, we watched that this afternoon, but it's just it's a bit odd, a bit surreal yeah. for me. So, uh, where do we start? Do you want us? Do we go through some of the films we've watched? Yeah, wanna, definitely, definitely. How long's your list? I got about um, seven or eight on mine. Eleven. That's not bad. That's pretty close. Because normally yeah. I've watched like two. So I'm doing quite well this month. I've had yeah. a busy week watching stuff. So let's start off on it. Yeah, that's definitely. The big one that we watched. What did you think it was going to be like before you watched it? Did you Ex- exactly what I thought it was? Really? Yeah, exactly what I thought it was. Because you, I stopped watching trailers for it after the first trailer. Well, tell a lie. The first trailer was sort of like a, a teaser trailer in a way. Yep. Like not the teaser trailer before the first main trailer. The first trailer itself was it was actually I think felt a little bit of a teaser one. The second I saw the trail, um, the TV spot that had Pennywise in the um, in the drain, yep. um, getting Georgie and his boat and all that kind of stuff, I stopped watching trailers from there on in because I garnered the feel of what the film was actually like, and it was exactly what I thought it would be. Same here. I watched the first trailer and thought, right, I want to watch this film, therefore I don't need to see any more trailers. Same. Yep. And then, I mean, going into it, it was, were you hooked straight away? I pretty much was. Yeah. <laughs> from, from from the get-go, the second it, um, it started, I went, this has reminded me of watching films from the 80s. Yeah. I love it when films do that. I even said it went in the review of um, it. Surprisingly, Andy went to see it as well. But um, when I went in the review of it, I said, um, the last time a film made me feel like this was Super 8. Yeah. Uh, the J.J. Abrams film from a few years ago, because that was stupidly quintessential 80s. It was very much in the guise of things like The Goonies and Monster Squad and all that kind of adventure films, the brilliant stuff of the 80s, which I still, still to this day, put my hands up and say the 80s is the best decade for films. I think the films of the, of the 80s, there were so many classic stuff from that. Even kids now. Um, sort of like watch things like the Goonies and Gremlins and all that kind of stuff and went and go oh my god and get addicted to it straight away because there's just something about it that's so addictive by it and it because the fact that the film itself is set in 1989 which the, the uh, everything is revolving around the number 27 yeah, which it um, yeah. It, yeah 1989 and all of that kind of stuff it adds up to 27 the film itself is made 27 years after um, the it TV series even digging so far down into the depth of the number 27 is just unbelievable for example there is a t-shirt which one of the characters actually wears it's got the name of a store that's on them um, the t-shirt west from Stephen King's hometown 
And if you add the numbers up of when the store was originally opened in his town, it adds up to 27. If you add up the numbers from, I think it's the American release date, which I think was like the 8th of September or whatever it was, 2017, that all adds up to 27 as well. Yeah. Uh, so John, Jonathan Brandis, who was one of the leads in the original TV miniseries, he killed himself when he was 27. He's like, number 27 is all over this thing. It's, yeah. It's kind of creepy. Sarsgaard, who played uh, Pennywise, he turned 27 a he month did. before the film came out. Yep. It's, so, it's weird. I th- yeah, that one there with the T-shirt on and the fact that it's from Stephen King's hometown, it was a shop that was opened up. And if you add the new numbers together, 27, that's like going really beyond nerdy. Yeah, it is. I don't even know why I know that fact. But <laughs> yeah, and so you can tell there was such love behind the film of it. Andreas Muschietti who directed it, who did Mama prior to it. Yeah. You could tell that he it was a passion project for him and he wanted to work on the film and make it what it was and give it that 80s feel. And he got it absolutely spot on. He just absolutely nailed it. I know a lot of people saying there wasn't enough horror in the film itself. It wasn't scary. But I agree with, again, with Mark Kermode, the way he put it. Um, it didn't need to be scary. It didn't. It's, it's an adventure with horror tinges, horror elements to it. So uh, the scariness comes from people who are cholerophobic, who are afraid of clowns. Whereas people who grew up with watching horror films or grew up in the 80s, the joy of watching it is it is that old school fashion adventure film. So I think Mark Kermode, again, uh, got it absolutely spot on when describing it. It is um, The Goonies if it was directed by Stephen King. Yeah, it is. Yep. That, that is the best way to describe it. To me, I, I tend to describe it to people at work as a cross between uh, Stand By Me, The Goonies and Stranger Things. If you take yeah. those three things, mix them together, you end up with with it. it did it did it have problems? It did. Um, it had it had a couple of problems in it, but do do I care? No, no, because I enjoyed the film so much, and I'm glad that it's doing so well. Because I know there's a, a lot of times when you look at films and how brilliant they do with the box office, and you just go, "Can you just stop now? <laughs> just just stop. I've ha- I've had enough. Uh, just having to mention your film every single week, Despicable Me three, for example. It's just hanging around <laughs> the chart like a really bad smell. Yeah. But um, movies that I'm sick of talking about you now. But it, I'm just going. I don't care because it's about time that horror gets put on the map. The way it has gone and done for horror, and give it the recognition that it des- uh, deserves. Because 2017 has been an absolutely phenomenal year for horror, and there's still three months left of the year. And there's still some fantastic horror films yet to come. So there, there is some, there is a couple of um, gems that are out there that um, when people see them, the I guarantee that they'll be surprised at how brilliant they are. And I think it as well. It's it's bringing in the horror fans. It's bringing in the Stephen King fans, but it's also bringing in non-horror fans because it's not just a gutsy, blood splattery movie or whatever. It's the, the cast are getting all the praise that they deserve and I know a lot of people who have gone to see this thing and who normally wouldn't go much horror film. I think Stranger Things is doing it a lot of favours. I think a lot of people who watch that are going to watch it because it's it's kind of similar um, and originally it was supposed to be done by the guys who did Stranger Things but they weren't able to make it because they had enough experience. They went off and made Stranger Things so those guys are happy. So it's, uh, it is really cool to just watch this film just dragging in more money. Yeah. Because, for for example, um, there's a film coming out. Um, I don't know when it's released over here. I think it's released over here the same time as it is in America. It's called Happy Death Day. Right. 
Um, it's a film that centers around um, it's Groundhog Day, but in horror form. And it's about a girl who gets killed by a serial killer every single day, but has to relive that day over and over again. And she has to try and figure out how to actually stop the serial killer and who the serial killer is. Um, and that, that gets released this month. It's getting uh, distributed by Universal Pictures. Doesn't sound so, like a happy film, though, that one, does it? Yeah, it's got a, sort of like a dark undertone of um, comedy to it. But right. it's sort of like very much like the way Scream is. Because Scream is a horror film, but with little horror milieus in it. Yeah, well, it's not this, a deadly serious movie, is it? So. Yeah, Happy Death Deer is very similar like that. And then you've got The Snowman, which I really can't wait for. No, me too. Yep. Which is out this month as well. And again, you've got Jigsaw. Um, and there is just like, there is horror films every, like horror films to look forward to um, over the next couple of months that people should be really interested in. There's a Christmas horror film coming out. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it'll probably come to us and then I'll scream it. And, but it's, <laughs> it's, about, um, it's about these three kids who one of them has got to babysit the two of the two kids and a, an intruder breaks into the house. And um, all of a sudden, the tables get absolutely flipped on their head because they think you think that the the intruder is the ser- a serial killer coming to kill them, which that's his purpose. However, these kids are actually turned everything around and hunt him down. Nice. So it's Home Alone, but horror Home Alone. Home Alone meets Don't Breathe, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and um, it's got that really dark, hu- dark, twisted humour to it as well, which is um, it's been shown at a few film festivals and. It's been getting a lot of praise, and I cannot wait to see it. And I can't remember the bloody name of the thing. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google horror films coming out. Um, you have to find out, because otherwise you won't know when it's come out, because you've forgotten what it's called. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> There's nothing worse than that when you're trying to think of a title. You're like, nope, can't remember it, can't remember it. It's kind of grim. Yeah. So I'll let you go on with um, with one of your fel- films, and then I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I... Um, I was doing that whole tweeting thing, as I do, and High Flyers Films had a competition going to win a DVD of The Dead Zone from 1983 and Firestarter from 84, I think that was. And um, they said, oh, the best caption can win the DVDs. So I replied back to them going, well, The Dead Zone's one of my favourite films, uh, favourite films of all time. Somebody stole my DVD. And Firestarter was the first underage film I sneaked into. And uh, I won the DVD, so they sent them through. So I sat down and watched the, the David Cronenberg Dead Zone earlier on this week, for probably about the 40th time in my lifetime. Love that film. So is that nice. one you've seen? You must have seen I, that one. I have, yeah. And yeah. I remember the name of the film now. It's called Better Watch Out. Right. That's, yep. So I better watch out for Better Watch Out. Definitely, because watch the trailer. Just go off and watch the trailer, and you'll go, yep, this is um, Home Alone, but in horror form. And it looks so much fun. Like it could be, you know, with me, I watch Trick or Treat every single um, every single Halloween because it's just I love that film. And just like Christmas, I watch um, um, I watch Michael Doherty's other film. So I watch Krampus, yep. which I love Krampus as well. Um, Krampus is a phenomenal film. And I watch um, just like a few other alternate alternative Christmas films. And so I'm hoping that this might actually be one of them. Nice. Like Rare Exports. I love Rare Exports, so I watch Krampus and Rare Exports. I couldn't get into Rare Exports. I tried. It was just like, it seemed really weird, so I probably need to go back and yeah, be in the I, mood to watch that one. I love Rare Exports. There is um, another horror film out in this month called uh, Cryptus or Creptus. Um, it is 
um, again featuring clowns. <laughs> clowns are going to be everywhere now, aren't they? But this this um, Creeptus is a part of a trilogy. Um, it was part of a short story um, sort of like stuff, so very much like the VHS series. And it yeah. was a short film, which the director has been expanding his short films. And so Creeptus is one of the ones that he um, he was hoping to do in the first place, but he could only get rented to getting it done now. And it's about a, a man who dresses up as a clown killing people. But yeah, it looks it looks a really good film. And there's another film which I doubt very many people are actually going to go and see because it'll put people off um, called Tragedy Girls. Okay. What's that about? It's um, a horror musical. Oh, God. Yep, that's me put off. <laughs> yeah, so it's not as bad. There was a film released in the mid-90s. I can't remember the name of it. I'm bad tonight with names of horror films. But um, it was released in the mid-90s, and it was a zombie musical. And there was a musical number in it, which was very reminiscent of Grease. And it had the zombie in a leather jacket on a bike while everybody was dancing around him. But everybody dancing around him, uh, around him was normal humans. Okay. That sounds slightly familiar, but I can't remember the name either. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Dead Zone. You a fan? Yeah. Good. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw it, but I thought, well, you know, Annette is reading all the Stephen King books and she'd read The Dead Zone, so when she finishes the book, we watched the film. So it was quite cool that somebody nicked my DVD, but I won one, showed up in time, we sat and watched it, so that was cool. I've seen The Dead Zone TV series as well, which is alright, but I do prefer the film. Yeah. So at some point I'll re-watch Firestarter again, which I've seen probably 20 or 30 times over the years as well. Yeah. So have you seen a film called I'm Not a Serial Killer? With Christopher Lloyd. Yes, and um, Kieran Culkin. Not Kieran Culkin. It's one of the Culkin brothers, isn't it? Is it one of the Culkin? No, I thought it was Max Records or somebody that plays it. Uh, let's have a look. Because I watched that this week. What a weird bloody movie that was. Serial killer. Let's have a look. Um, I don't know if one of the Culkins is... Nope, it's not one of the Culkins. He kind of looks like a Culkin, though. Yeah. But now it's a guy called Max Records, who was in things like uh, The Sitter, Where the Wild Things Are, and that's pretty much it. So he's not really done a right lot. But what a weird film. It was it was okay up until the plot thing, when, the, when the, the sort of, the last five minutes kicked in, and I'm like, um, okay, <laughs> I the did de- not see that the, coming. The demon stuff. Yes. I would have yeah. preferred it if it was just the serial killer aspect. But then when the demon stuff comes out, it's like, um, right, okay, that was odd. And then the film finished. Yeah. So it, was, it reminded me of, what's that Cronenberg film? It's not David Cronenberg, but it's a kid. Is it Antiviral? The the main actor in oh, Antiviral yeah, kind of reminded me of the main guy in this uh, I'm Not Serial Killer. But it's a good film, but it was just a bit odd. The whole demon thing I would have got rid of. Yeah. So. But not a terrible film at all. Yep. Just, a bit, just a bit weird. So, um, what else have we watched? Let's have a look. We'll work through mine. Uh, My Bloody Banjo, also known as Banjo. This is on Amazon. And it's a British horror film. And mm-hmm. I had to explain to somebody at work what Banjo meant. And they were like, that's not a film about that, is it? I'm like, yes, it's about somebody who snaps his penis. Pretty okay. much. 
So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of those films you watch and you go, I'm just going to cross my legs here. Uh, very, very blood and gutsy. Very fun. Meant to be over the top. So some people have watched it and said, oh, the acting's a bit cheesy. It's meant to be. Because the guy, uh, Liam Regan, who did it, he's a big fan of the trauma movies. Yeah. So it's very much like a trauma movie. And uh, at one point, Amazon pulled it off because it was, no pun intended, they sort of removed it from their streaming services because they deemed it a little bit too nasty. But it's back on there now, so you can check it out. I've got Amazon Prime, so I might have a little look. Have a look, yep. Definitely a strange film. I need a reason to actually start using Amazon Prime. I bought it about three months ago when it was on special offer, like £59 for the full year rather than £79. So I thought, I've got the money now. Why Why not? Because yeah. yeah. uh, it seemed like a really good deal at the time. And I've still yet to use Amazon Prime Video. So I'm going to have to give it a, um, a little watch. Yeah, have a look at some of the horror films on there. Because I, I don't keep forgetting I've got it because I've I remember I've got it, but I just keep jumping to Netflix automatically when I go, oh, I want to watch a film. I just so. wish that would, they would actually bother with their 4K side of things instead of charging people for the um, 4K horror film, 4K any kind of films, to be honest, because yeah. they've got TV programs in 4K, the stuff that they make, but every single one of the films pretty much in 4K on their service is you have to buy them, whereas Netflix has 4K films for you to watch anytime, so... Amazon really do need to sort that out. Yeah, that's a, that, and considering how much they were originally charging for them as well, it was absolutely ridiculous. They were charging somewhere in the region of £22 for a 4K movie um, when the service first launched, when Netflix was, even though they only had like 24K films or even less than that, they were still showing them for free. And now even because Apple has jumped into the bandwagon and got a 4K version of their Apple TV, all the Apple, all the 4K versions of the films that you've got, you get fully upgraded for free, um, and so they're going to have 4K films on their streaming service. So, come on, Amazon, pull your finger at your butthole and give us more 4K film content. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the dashboard on Amazon it's Video. Horrible. Amazon it's horrible. It's always been horrible because you look at a film and you go, "Oh, and I watched that," and nope, that's not included unless you hit that filter button to remove all the videos that aren't included. Then you can see things or TV shows or they'll give you the first episode of a TV show for free and then you got to buy the rest. It's like, uh, yeah. no, not doing that. At least on Netflix, you go on there, you can watch whatever they've got on there. It doesn't cost you any extra. And then by adding that TV stuff into it as well, or you can subscribe to this TV channel now if you want to, it makes it even more of a mess. Yeah, it does. So I think that's probably one of the reasons I don't jump over to Amazon now and again, but... I've been trying to investigate it a little bit more, um, and you will find my bloody banjo on there. So, you know, at least that's one thing to go looking for. Yeah. What else did I watch? Um, I watched Pet. Have you seen that one? That's um, the uh, Dominic Monaghan. Monaghan Monaghan film where he keeps somebody locked up in where he yes. works. Yes. Yes. What did you reckon to that one? It was okay. Yeah. It was. It wasn't what I expected. Um, it was because I bought the DVD when it came out in DVD, and if you're in like me, it's, you put it on a shelf and it sits there for six months, and then eventually you get around to watching it. And uh, that was one of those. So I have a little pile of shame, and unfortunately, there's a Terence Malick film sitting on a tree of life, which has been sat there for about three years, and I've never got around to watching that one. So, Keep it there. Yeah, I just get rid of it. I put my uh, cups of coffee on it or something, and I watch Pet. 
And I really liked it. I thought he was really good in it. The the girl, who I've forgotten her name, but she was really good in it. And it was it wasn't just a case of I'm going to steal a woman, keep her in a cage and torture her, which is what I thought the film was going to be about. There was enough of it in there to go actually that's a little bit different than I thought it was going to be. It has good box art. Yeah, it does have very good box art. Yep. Yeah, I is do, that I one do. of is that one of the main compliments you've got for it? Yeah, like I do. The box I do art? like. I like it when um, films have very interesting box art. But yeah, I, I like the box art on it very much. Like I think one of the best box arts is the Cabin in the Woods. That box art is yeah, just is. unbelievably brilliant because it it doesn't give anything away for the film at all. Just no. the cabin, and that's it in its twisted form. But yeah, I love good box art on. On um, on DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff like that, but Pet has a good box art. It does. Yep. So I enjoyed that one. And what else did I watch? I watched Howl, which I've seen before. And I watched a film called Cute Little Buggers, which I've seen a lot of different types of horror movies, as of you, but I don't think I've ever seen a film where aliens come down to Earth, disguise themselves as little fluffy bunny rabbits to steal women and impregnate them and kill the men of planet Earth. I don't think I've ever seen a film like that before, but now I have. And it's called Cute Little Buggers. And I thought it was great. It was uh, People are going to watch it and go, eh, CGI's not great. It's not, but it's very much like an old Peter Jackson movie. It's very much like a Cockneys v. Zombies type. I don't know whether it's a horror comedy or a comedy horror. I think it's probably more comedy horror than anything yeah. else. But it's it definitely a bit weird. So I will have to pass that on to you. Because I was uh, wonderfully given a screener nice. every week for that. So I'll send that to you after the show. But it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. And I think that's coming out. It's either October, November. Yeah. But yeah, Killer Rabbits. So very much like Black Sheep, but with rabbits. A little rabbits. bit, yes, Black Sheep, but with rabbits. Not as much gore, I don't think, as Black Sheep, because I remember that being pretty gory, but I might be it wrong. It was only a 15 as well. It was gory, though, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Trying to make sure I wasn't getting it mixed up with Brain Dead. Wait until I get onto one film that I watched today, and I can't believe the rating that it's got. I was quite surprised that it got a 15. No, I thought it was actually right. It yeah. was it was a fifteen rated film. I thought yeah. that was some sort of like a middle fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, it never straddled the the line to go into the the extreme side of fifteen or there. It never sort of like one was one of those films where you watch and go, why is this being rated fifteen? Yeah. But yeah, it was a yeah, that's a fifteen. Yeah. Or a sixteen in um, Ireland. Oh, are they a bit sensitive over there? Then it's just extra, every now and again. Every now and again, for for some reason, my cinema puts up the the Irish rating board classification um, certificate rather than the UK one, so they're being sent over the copy from Ireland instead, and so they they don't have a fifteen rated certificate over in Ireland. It's sixteen. Oops, technically, that cinema could get into trouble then, couldn't it? Because it's not giving you the British. Uh, 16. Yeah, so it but doesn't. We won't tell anybody. It doesn't have the BBFCs. Uh, classification, which uh, technically they can get really wrong for that, because yeah. not uh, not actually technical, they can they get can. wrong for it because a film, every single film to be shown in UK cinemas, has to be rated by the BBFC. Yep. The and only way you them. can get the only way you can get round that is if it's an internet cinema, um, because films that's shown online do not have to be given an age rating. So Netflix doesn't have to actually have a f- age ratings on their films, but they choose to. Yeah. Um, Amazon, again, the same. Any streaming service, they don't have to have an age-rated certificate on their films, but companies do, just to be obviously play it safe. And also the companies get charged lots of money 
to uh, have something certified. I can't remember what the cost is, but it's it's such per minute or something, isn't it? I think. Yeah, to get in America, it's reviewed. free because the MPAA is not um, it's not an official governing body for yeah. for films, but in the UK, the BBFC is. So that's why any film that is distributed for sale um, or shown in the cinema has to have that BBFC rated certificate on the box itself. That's why I'll always put my films out for free. <laughs> just because, yeah. A, I wouldn't expect anybody to pay for them, and B, I don't want to go You would have to go paperwork. through the written cl- classification <laughs> process and all that crap. I'd also have to go through the process of getting people to sign waivers to be in them. So it's like, yeah. I'll just film it, and they know they're being filmed, and I'll put them out. So if you wanted to, you can distribute them online, but um, get people to donate. Now that's yeah. yeah, that's allowed. I have monetized all my YouTube stuff, which is, uh, I highly recommend doing that, by the way, because I've made about $25 in the past couple of months on that, just by hosting trailers. So well, there you go. That's a trip something. to the cinema. Exactly. Yep. I don't know what I'm saving up to buy, but nothing at yet. Nothing at the moment, but uh, who knows? So, yeah, what have you watched? That's been pretty much the main highlights of mine. So I'm going to keep a couple back because... Um, I'll let you have ask questions regarding them because they are like the biggie ones which you'll probably want to know about. Yeah. So um, I'll go through a couple of the ones. Um, I rewatched Alien Covenant again, just get that out of the way with, and it didn't. Whereas when I watched Prometheus for a second time, I actually saw a little bit more depth in Prometheus. When I watched Alien Covenant for a second time, the problems that I had with it the first time they were pretty much gone, but I found more problems with it the second time. <laughs> Oops. It's just like the religious aspect, which I didn't like about the Alien Covenant when I went to see it at the first time, because I felt like the middle section of the film itself dragged so badly because of this religious connotations that Ridley Scott has forced into the film itself. Yeah. Well, when you watch it for a second time, you realize how short that section is. So you sort of like forgive it, but then it brings to light a lot more problems regarding the film itself. Lo and behold, the alien. The alien is the biggest problem with that film. <laughs> And that's bad when the film's called yeah. Alien Covenant. The alien is the biggest problem with that <laughs> film because we did not need to see the origin story of how the aliens were were actually there. And now no, we know we they were created by Wayland Utani in a way. Yeah. It all leads back to Wayland Utani and they were created, which we, I did not want to know that. I always felt like the aliens were very much like humans. They were on a planet. That's their home planet, very much like the Predators. Predators have their own planet, and we know about the Predators' home planet, and I was fine by that. When we saw the Predators' home planet in Predator 2, I was fine. And in uh, Predators as well. I was okay with that kind of stuff because I felt like, they, yeah, they did have their own planet. Whereas with Aliens, now I know they were created through um, the um, reconstruction of a virus that was uh, put upon an entire species – so now that's been completely spoilt and it's destroyed the Alien franchise in a way. does, doesn't it? Because when you go back and watch, I haven't gone back and seen them since I've watched Alien Covenant, but I've, I've had this with other films where you learn the backstory, you didn't really want to learn it, but you know it anyway. You go back and watch the original films, it kind of ruins them. I suppose Star Wars to a certain extent. You watch the prequels, yeah. you go back and watch them, you're not scared of Darth Vader anymore because he's a snivelly little kid yeah. who fell in a volcano. You're like, well, you don't scare me. So or you can- the Silence of the Lambs thing. You know, yeah. with the Hannibal prequel. It can work if it's done properly, if yeah. you don't go over the top with it. But Ridley Scott, the way he handled the mythos behind the Alien series, now you see why it's gone and completely destroyed or tainted. It'll never fully taint badly Alien Aliens, even Alien 3 for me, because I would still ha- um, hold them in high regard. Yeah, I uh, love Alien 3. 
yeah. I will always stick up for Alien 3 as well because I really, really like Alien 3. But um, yeah, I'll still hold them in high regard. I still find them fantastic films. But because what Ridley Scott has done with Alien Covenant and said that the aliens are now created, um, it's just gone and tainted them badly. So well done, Ridley Scott. You're an idiot. Yeah, you messed up your own original film that pretty much gave you a big career. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I, um, I watched uh, Mother. I want to watch this. I really do, even though a lot of people have said it's awful and they hate it. But I think it's a lot of people don't like Darren Aronofsky, and I really I, do. I don't mind him. Um, he, he's got an interesting way of handling films, so I don't mind him. He's got a unique eye when it uh, comes to films. So, yeah, I, I don't mind him. And Mother, it's brilliantly acted. It's really well acted. It's very well shot as well. Um, it's got a lovely sort of like 70s look to it, very much like Rosemary's Baby, which a lot of people have put that um, comparison beside each other. So, yeah, I, I couldn't find a fault with the acting. Couldn't find a fault with the way the film was actually paced out as well. I just hated the, the film. It's that, it's that rare instance where you admire everything about the film, but the film itself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damning with feigned praise in a way. Because yep. you, you're giving praise to the act, acting, which the acting is fantastic. Because normally when you, you when you see a film as awful, it's down to the acting or the directing or whatever. But yeah. the acting is really do, uh, brilliantly well done. I think it's one of Jennifer Lawrence's best performances. Um, Javier Bardem is very sinister in the film. Michelle Pfeiffer is fantastic in the movie. Um, so, yeah, the, the acting is really well done. The way Darren Aronofsky handles the camera and lets the camera flow and the way he directs the film is very well done. It's just the film itself. It's just <laughs> really bad because he's turned around and says you can come out with loads of different meanings behind the film. It's very allegorical, which yeah. a lot of films are um, allegorical. Uh, where However you handle a film is, is the way you see the film. Uh, but obviously the biggest thing about the film itself is re- it's very religious heavily heavily religious because each one of the characters has only the names of like mother father they don't have proper proper names in the film right. and the way the film is actually played out adam and eve is um is in the film itself so adam and eve is played by uh, michelle pfeiffer um, she plays the eve character and um adam is um in the film as well and so when the character of the Adam S character comes into the scene. You find out he's got a sore on his um, ribs there, which indicates that a rib might have come out. And his wife comes along later. Lo and behold, Eve. God yep. is is very much in the guise of Javier Bardem because he's a he's a field. Well, he's a very well renowned poet, but his latest works have actually bombed, and then all of a sudden he becomes glorified, and the work that he's working on is just adorned by absolutely everybody. So um, he is seen as the God character and um, Jennifer Lawrence's character. She's seen as Mary giving birth to um, the new God. And the way the film actually plays out as well leads very much into the biblical aspects of it. It's just such (laughs) claptrap. Damn. There's no score either, is there? Apparently. But it's it's such a claptrap mess of a film, but with some really good acting. Oh, so you think it's still when it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, watch it. But just, I mean, you you probably end up. Are you going to review it for your show? Are you going to rewatch re- it when it comes out? I reviewed it, so Andy, it's Andy's turn to hurt. What do you think he'll uh, think of it? Do you think he'll I don't know? It? I really don't know how he'll handle it. 
Does that make you laugh though? It's like when you watch a film in cinema and you you really don't like it, and you know that Andy's going to have to watch it. Does it make you sort of secretly giggle, going, "Now he's going to go through what I did." Yeah, well, he did that with me with um, Beer Watch Chips and Pirates of the Caribbean: Salazar's Revenge, which I actually watched the year as well. Um, I've I saw I watched Chips about a month and a half ago, and it's an awful film. Um, I watched Pirates of the um, I watched. Watched last week and I watched Pirates of the Caribbean this week. So he's got the same when he goes to see a bad film at the cinema, he's probably rubbing his hands with glee that I have to actually eventually see it. But then what again, your, uh, what was your thoughts on Pirates? I haven't reviewed it yet properly. I review no. it tomorrow. Well, should I go out and buy it or should I maybe no. wait? No, 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 Yeah, and so um, I, I'm sort of like when I've seen films that are really awful, sometimes Andy ends up brilliantly able to skip it. Uh, okay. But it's really nice when he, unfortunately, when well, he actually fortunately gets to see awful films. So yeah. um, I'll wait in bit of breath to hear what he thinks about Mother. Well, you have to watch enough crap ones. He should as well, shouldn't he? So. I watch too many crap ones. That's why it's a nightmare <laughs> for me to actually come up with my worst lists of the year. Uh, yeah, exactly. You've got to narrow them down. Yeah, and um, it's a, more of a headache for me this year because the two categories that I've chosen for my personal categories, I'm sticking with best anime at the feature. Yep. which, again, this year is a phenomenal year for animated films. But I'm also bringing in horror, so I'm doing the best horror film, which is an nice. absolute nightmare as well because there's been some fantastic horror films this year. So, yeah, I've chosen the two best categories. <laughs> I'm struggling for my uh, best films of the year so far. I think, uh, total-wise, I think well, I've seen about 105 films this year, which is way down, but that's full-time jobs for you. It kicks the crap yeah. out of your film-watching time. But I've still probably only got about seven films that are in the shortlist for the top 10 normally i'm at the point now where i'm cutting them down going well that one i'll have to go it's not as easy as you think it's not as easy we're gonna have to do a special show at the end of the year then that's not horror related but just films in general and go over our best films of the year yeah definitely it'll actually be a rare thing for you to actually do a top 10 best films of the year list so we'll see how it turns out for you exactly hear your thoughts on my choices yeah um so that's Alien coming in out the way and um, Mother out the way. There are a couple of other films that I'll just throw quickly um, out the way. I watched a film today because I'm reviewing it tomorrow called Killing Grounds. It's an Australian film, yeah. very much in the guise of things like Wolf Creek, um, things like that. It's um, This is one of those films where earlier on I said uh, regarding it and the fact that its classification had got it spot on. And some films you look at the top end 15 and some films are bottom end 15. This, I think, should have been in 18. It's this is like extreme fifteen. This is right. fifteen right beyond the limits of a fifteen, because there are some scenes in the film itself which I think it, um, it would have been in eighteen if it was released five years ago, because there, there are some quite extreme scenes in the movie, um, and scenes where it's quite hard to watch. But it's um, it's a really good dark um, Australian thriller. It's more of a thriller with horror tones to it, but. Yeah, um, I'm reviewing it tomorrow properly. It's out in cinemas now. I was glad I was sent a, um, a screener of it. Um, nice. Very few people have actually heard of the film. I know there was a another film called The Killing Grounds, which is a British film, I think, horror film, um, about these people in the woods getting hunted down by these these shot these guys with sniper rifles and stuff like that. So like very much like a battle royale kind of film in a way. But this is um, a small little contained Australian thriller about a couple who go off on a camp on holiday at New Year. Um, they discover um, somebody's already on the campsite and then these two redneck lo- yokel kind of characters turn up and hell breaks loose. 
So it's that kind of film. But it's actually, I think Australia handles those kind of movies well. They really certainly well. do. If you put a film on and it's about some Australians going camping, you're like, this is not going to end well for somebody. <laughs> it never does. It's not going to be a comedy, is it? Yeah, so I'll probably get into a review of that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix Forgotten, which is an interesting film. Is this the alien thingy one? Or um, is that a different the, one? The found, foot, found footage one about yes. these three people who go missing and um, the sister of one of the people who've gone missing is piecing together the, this jigsaw puzzle of trying to figure out what happened to her brother. Right. And it's um, it's co-produced by Ridley Scott. Yes, it's actually distributed yeah. by Scott Free. Yeah, it's... I like the first 45 minutes of the film. The stuff that didn't involve the aliens at all. I like that. And um, the four documentary kind of feel of it. I really like the way it actually handled it. It made me intrigued and, and I was always wondering... I can't wait to find out what actually the last little part of the film is actually setting up. And when it started to set up the last part of the film, it just went into stereotypical territory. Um, remember when Lauren used to be on the show and um, I did a film, mentioned a film called Extraterrestrial. Yes, which I really like that one. Yeah, and yep. um, there was another film. It's very similar to Extraterrestrial. But there is another film, I can't remember the name of it, where the end shot of the film itself is the camera comes out, falls out of the alien spacecraft, comes down through the Earth's atmosphere and lands on the ground and becomes still <laughs> perfectly fine. Yes, as cameras generally do. If you drop one off a table, it'll break. But if yeah. you drop out of a spaceship, it's all right. Well, the last shot in Phoenix Forgotten is that. The last tape that the, one of the sisters gets, the sister gets, is from a camera that's being dropped from beyond the earth through into the earth's atmosphere and all the way down and the camera the tape's fine the camera is wrecked a little bit but the The tape's tape's fine yeah that's all right it's not plastic or anything is it yeah so for the first 45 (laughs) minutes the film was fine after that it was a bit very stereotypical so yeah um so there's that i've also seen um a film called the hatred okay which is a home invasion movie of sorts it's about scare me yeah it's about these girls who um on for a weekend of partying they go back to the town of one of the girls and um they stay at this house and there's a the little girl they look after the little sister of there and there's a malevolent spirit in there nothing happens nobody dies <laughs> in the first hour and 15 minutes of the film the film's on for an hour and a half it takes Oops. an hour and 15 minutes for somebody to die that would not impress you would it it's a terrible film. <laughs> Andy, the, was the acting is absolutely awful. And there's no suspense in it whatsoever. But, the, yeah, it takes an hour and a half for the film to actually start doing something. And then 15 minutes for it to wrap itself up. <laughs> yeah. So it actually lives up to its name, The Hatred. Yeah, because you do. Yeah. yeah um, so there's that. I have saw seen The Limehouse Golem. Okay, not heard of that one. No. Which is that British film. With Bill yep. Nye in it, written by Jane Goldman. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a if you like films which are based around uh, Jack the Ripper. All right. Okay. You'll yep. very much like the Limehouse Golem. It's a very very old fashioned film about a serial killer that's going around killing people in um, Victorian London, but it's nothing to do with the Ripper itself. But yeah, it's it's really well acted, very well written, really nice, um, nicely shot. It's got a very Victorian proper proper Victorian look to it. But yeah, um, everybody involved is really enjoying themselves, but you enjoying yourself as well. So I recommend that when it comes out. It's a British film, British um, horror film, so definitely recommend The Limehouse Gollum. Mm-hmm. I finally got round to watching Colossal. Yep. Which is that that's that Nacho Vigalondo 
um, movie with Anne Hathaway in it where she is um, she's down on a look her, boy, her husband decides to dump her she goes back to her hometown there and discovers that she's got a connection with this kaiju in Japan so everything that she does this kaiju does yeah. We're okay. yeah, yeah it, it's a weird film but <laughs> it's, I actually, it's weird Andy thought of the end part of the film itself didn't work but I actually really liked the film um, I think it's Nacho Vigalondo's best work, even though he did the alien abduction murder party section of VHS 2. Right. And lovely title. I love that title, alien abduction murder party. <laughs> it pretty much says everything yeah. that you need to know about that. Segment. So he, that, it, VHS 2 is still still remains as one of my best portmanteau horror films because each one of those sections in VHS 2 is just brilliant. Um, so I might actually watch that over. Halloween as well, VHS too. Just put, I'm, I am going to, this month, I, every film that I watch, every TV episode that I watch is going to be something horror related. So, you know, that's my promise and Annette's agreed to it. She's like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. So everything else is going to get shelved. Yeah. So it's horror month. Make it proper horror month. So, so yeah, Colossal, I liked it. It's more drama than horror, but I think it, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, and so moving on to the three, uh, well, the two that you'll probably want to ask because we've gone over it. Um, have you s- seen a film called The Houses October Built? I have not. Have you heard of the film The Houses October Built? Uh, nope. The, that was released last year, the first film. It centers around a group of YouTube stars who um, have this horror show who go around these haunted houses in America because America takes Halloween serious over the course of this month. And so they have all these haunted house rides. Um, And so it's about them going along to these haunted house rides until they come across one by a company called Blue Skeleton, where um, it is quite extreme, taken like really, really far, so far that the woman in the first one, she decides to quit the entire TV show. So the second one follows the exact same route. It's the four of the original people from the first one um, come back to actually reignite these horror rides and these theme parks and attractions, escape rooms, things like that. And so it's about them documenting themselves going through them, each one of these rides. And then they persuade the woman from the first one to come back. And then, unfortunately for them, the Blue Skeleton people get involved again but just subtly involved until the last 15, 20 minutes of the film where they are the final horror ride, and then things go madly out of control. I sort of like thought the first one was okay, but it never fully felt, uh, lived up to its potential. I think the second one actually does live up to its potential because it's an intriguing film. You, if you treat it more like a documentary than a film itself, because it is done on cameras, handheld cameras and all that kind of stuff, but treated like a documentary about um, a one where you would um, definitely sit down and watch it on YouTube about see all of these haunted rides, the way they're actually created, these haunted houses, the depths that people actually go to make these horror rides um, and what they are. Um, If you treat it like that, it works very well. It definitely works better than a film. If you treat like that, if you treat like a film, then you'll see it's misgivings and forthcomings. So definitely sit down and watch it, but treat it like a documentary rather than a film itself, and it works much better. It's definitely one to watch on Halloween itself. So it is have a few friends around and have it on there and just enjoy it because it does. It doesn't have its scary mom, um, jump out moments, but it, I think it's very well executed. It's a very interesting documentary. Nice. Um, yeah. So the two films, which my guess is you'll probably ask me stuff about, is Cult of Chucky and Leatherface. Yes. Yep. Because I've seen both. 
So which one first? I'll do Cult of Chucky first. Yeah, so it is the – it's part of the Chucky series um, with the Child's Play influence. So the Child's Play influence, you've got three films, Child's Play 1, 2, and 3. And then the Chuck of Chucky series, you've got Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, and a Cult of Chucky. So that's yep. like three films in each one of the, the sets. Um, and so um, this one follows on from the last one. Um, so Bride, Seed. I think it's Seed, isn't it? I think was the, pre- Se- was it the previous one. Seed is after Bride with um, Chucky's son in it. And then you've got, <laughs> oh, what is the next one after it? Because there is, there is another one. Is there an extra one? Yes, there is because it's got Let's Brad Dourif's um, daughter in it. We have got a uh, cult of Chucky, curse of Chucky, twenty thirteen. Curse of Chucky, that's it. Curse of Chucky, yeah. Yeah, because you, you've got Bride Seed Curse, and then yep. this is sort of like continuing on from Curse of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got Brad Dourif's um, daughter in it as well, reliving the same character she played in the first one. She has been transferred from an insane asylum to a different um, insane asylum there, where everybody has co- um, had a run in with Chucky himself. And so it's just about these people sort of like coming to terms with this Chucky real, um, the psychiatrist who's trying to persuade them that Chucky's just a toy. And then obviously all of a sudden, um, because there's so many Chucky dolls involved in the area there, you know, something bad is going to happen. That's all I leave. I'll leave it just there because there is stuff in the film, which is very intriguing for child's play fans and Chucky fans. Um, I'll also prefix it with stay all the way to the end. So very okay. much like when you saw Curse of Chucky, um, if you stay it all the way to the end, I'm not going to spoil it because there is something in this one which involves one of the 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 thing that you see at the end of end of um, Curse of Chucky. So yeah, stay all the way to the end because the thing that you'll get at the end of Cult of Chucky, you need to actually be a proper diehard fan of the Child's Play series and Chucky series to get it. But um, it's two things: the weird, the stuff that happens before the credits come up. And the stuff that happens at the end, after the credits, the stuff at the, after the end of the credits, I went, oh, that's who that is. Because I knew who it was. Because yeah. I'm a big fan of the, the Child's Play slash Chucky series. So if you're a huge fan of it, it's a fantastic payoff for you. Um, it's a very intriguing one, this one. A lot of critics says it's the goriest one out of them all. It's not. I think Bride of Chucky is the goriest one. Um, there, I think there's more blood I think it's more inventive as well. The deaths in Bride of Chucky, especially the scene, um, the scene where you see Chucky throw the bottle of champagne up to the the mirror on the ceiling, and it just shatters and it just splits those people. That's just an ingenious way of killing somebody. That yeah. um, <laughs> with only the way Chucky could actually think of it. And there is a similar homage um, kill in Cult of Chucky um, with that one there. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked it just because I'm a big fan. I've never hated any of the any of the ones, even Seed. I think Seed is the weakest one out of all of the uh, Child's Play and Chucky series. But I still found there was stuff in it to enjoy. Um, I think you need to treat that one more like a comedy than anything else. But this is sort of like going back more to its horror roots. But yeah, I, I like Cult of Chucky. Because do you, I mean, it would help if you've seen them all. But do, do you think that people would have to have seen obviously everybody's aware who Chucky is so nobody needs like uh, where this doll came from type thing but do you think there is a need to remember all the other Chucky films to get full enjoyment out of it or would you be okay if you go well I've kind of seen one years ago but I'll go watch this new one not necessarily I think the way Curse of Chucky handled it it's sort of like that tread like it was a reboot to the series in a way which um, I don't know if you agree with me on that front there 
So I think you can watch Curse of Chucky without knowing the backstory about yeah. Charles Lee Rear and how he actually became the doll itself because it's always mentioned in every one of the films apart from this one. It's never mentioned about, um, well, the, the, the spell Arnaudone Dombele where he actually is able to possess something. that That's brought up in the film itself. So there are, like I said, nods to stuff from the Charles Play and Chucky series which fans will definitely get 100%. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think it helps, but it's mm. not a hindrance. No, you probably get more enjoyment if you've seen them all, but you're not going to get confused if you haven't. Yeah, especially the end yeah. credit sequence because I, with it having an end credit sequence in the um, in Curse of Chucky, I thought I'll stick by watching the credits because the credits are not very long anyway; they're only about two and a half minutes long, and so it was nice to actually see the people who created the film that you've just watched and enjoyed. Hell yeah, yeah, it's like so, a thank you, isn't it, to them? Yeah, so. Um, yeah, uh, like I uh, was expecting one at the end of Kingsman and the Golden Circle because there was one at the end of the first Kingsman film, but yeah. there isn't one at the end of Kingsman and the Golden Circle. But I still stuck by and watched the rest of the, the credits yeah. because I wanted my money's worth because that film was not very good at all. <laughs> uh, I'm taking every minute of this film that I can get. Yeah, it's not very good at all, Kingsman Oops. and the Golden Circle. But yeah, um, stick, steer by to the end of the credits. If you're not, if you don't know the Chucky and Child's Place series, especially the Child's Place series properly, um, I would say don't stick to the end of the credits of um, of Cult of Chucky. If you do, if you have seen Child's Play one, two, and three, and you do know the Child's Play series a little bit more than the just normal fan, then definitely stick by to the end of it because it'll take you a couple of seconds to click on. But once you you click on, you go, oh, really? I think the only one I've not seen is Seed of Chucky. I've seen all the others. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to give a nod to Seed of Chucky anyway, so... <laughs> no, they'll just pretend it's, you know, going yeah. to visit a cousin somewhere. Because Billy Boyd is no longer playing Chucky's son, so he can run off. <laughs> exactly. So, Leatherface. Leatherface, this, yeah. Is, is it, this, the like, the sixth Chainsaw Massacre movie? I was trying to count them up earlier on, so we got there is, one, one, two, and then Leatherface. The, not the Leatherface you're going to talk about, but the other one. Yeah. Then there's the Texas Chainsaw Next Gen. Then there is the reboot and the beginning, so that's seven. And What's then there's the Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, eight. So this is the ninth one, isn't it? Yeah. Holy crap. This is a prequel. It, is this a prequel to the this original? Is a, this is a proper, proper prequel. Right. This is um, this is Leatherface before you actually hear him speak, him as a human, before he even actually wore any kind of mask or anything. So this is the Hannibal Rising of the um, yeah, Texas Chainsaw this, this is, universe. This is the film that's handed by Alexandre Bastillo and Julian Moreau, the people yeah. behind Livid and Inside and French directors, which I actually really like because um, they make extreme horror. This is extreme horror. This is 18, top end 18. <laughs> With chainsaws. Yeah, because it has everything in it. There is a ton Oof. of gore. There is necrophilia in it. There is... Um, just there was tons of stuff in it, which covers a whole gamut that um, Alexander Pastillo and Julian Moreau featured in their previous films before. This is their yeah. first English language film as well, so at least they're going balls to the wall with it. Unlike with <laughs> um, Leather, um, Texas Chainsaw 3D that was released two years ago um, in January, that was so tepid. Apart from one scene near the end of the film, which I thought was really well actually done. The best thing about the film itself. Um, yeah. This one is just gone, you know what, fuck that. I'm going to show <laughs> there's much gore as we can possibly fit into an 18-rated film. 
um, as as we can. A much and it's for fans of the series, they'll really like it because it's a prequel that's actually done proper. So unlike with Alien Covenant, where it gives too much away, it's actually he's one of the characters, um, Leatherface, where you're intrigued about how he became the way he was. Because it's in a, it's not an origin story of him. It's a nice to see how his brain was actually screwed up so badly. So at the start of the film, we see him given as a present um, a chainsaw by his mother. Wow, and she did. Um, yeah. the first present that he's told to do is to kill this person who was tied up in a chair. And, and how he, old is he when he's given this chainsaw? It's about nine. Wow. And so when he attempts to do it, at first he manages to hit the guy on the arm, but then the chainsaw gets lost from him. And then you see it fast forward slightly to when he's like a teenager and he's been backwards and forwards between um, psychiatric places because he was taken away from his mother because they discovered that there was murders happening. The police discovered murders was happening. So they took because the sheriff's daughter gets killed, played by um, Stephen Dorff in Leatherface. And um, it is down to the family. Um, And so... Charles Lee Ray family had uh, Leatherface kind of stuff. Everybody knows the backstory regarding Leatherface um, yeah. and the murders that it's actually happened. So, yeah, it's um, they're in an insane asylum and how he actually grows up. He seems to be one of the normal people in this asylum. And then all hell breaks loose when one of these big halting characters who you think is actually going to be Leatherface, but in turn, it's actually just a guy who was badly mistreated by his parents. Um, and he's a mute. He's a big guy who's a mute. Um, and four people break out. These two psychopaths, absolute psychopaths. So there, there's a scene which is very reminiscent of Natural Born Killers in a um, in a drive-by in a restaurant kind of place where they just for fun decide to kill as many people as they can in this in this restaurant. Um, and so it just flows from there. The absolute madness just flows from there. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I could tell. Yep. <laughs> because unlike with the weird, even when you go back to the Michael Bay produced Jonathan Liebesman, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, which I didn't mind. I thought they were uh, okay films. They're not. A- I liked. I liked the original one. You know the the original remake. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the beginning though. No, for some reason, I've just yeah. Not watched it's that just one. they get a lot of bad press, but I thought they were actually really well handled. They're very serious films, and um, Leatherface or Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D um, treats itself. It tries to straddle between both lines, like being serious but also have a, a lot of fun. In this one, it's got its serious undertones, but it is down to that absolute balls to the wall, let's go completely over the top kind of stuff. And it's just ironic because Texas Chainsaw Massacre was always deemed as a video nasty, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Whereas if you flip reverse it, if you release the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre these days, it would guarantee be rated a 15. Yeah, 12A, 15, something like that. There's very little blood and guts in the original 74 one. Yeah, if you release this version back then, it would be banned <laughs> and it would still be banned. Yeah, it would. It would be like in the video nasty categories like films like Salo um, and 120 Days of Sodomy. Um, yeah. Movies like that, which took so long for them to actually be released in its original form. that um, That's what it, uh, Leatherface would have been. So fans of Texas Chainsaw Massacre series has been waiting for a film that's actually given the backstory of uh, Leatherface himself, but done in a such nasty fashion with the gore, etc., are going to absolutely love Leatherface, but I really liked it. It's and it doesn't do that thing that you, that you 
pretty much touched upon it anyway it doesn't do the thing that alien covenant did which is ruin the original one yeah it doesn't destroy it as a matter of fact it actually helps helps it because then at least you see what screwed his mind up so much to make him become what he was or what he is yeah. that that's um it's a re- it's very much like what they're doing with the next purge film because um i've always even on this show i've always said that the fourth purge film or the next purge film even after the second one should go back to what the purge was like in its first purge yeah definitely that's what the next purge film is going to be the fourth purge so they actually listened to me they did which is nice yeah, so the the next Purge film is going to tell the story about how the Purge was originally created. And I've always been intrigued by that. What went through the minds of the government to say, you know what, for 12 hours we're going to make crime legal. Um, so if a, if a prequel is done properly, you'll add to the story rather than detract from it. Um, in this case, it's added to the story. In Alien Covenant's case, it's destroyed the story. Yeah, because it's like Texas Chainsaw. If ever I put together a list again of the top ten horror movies, Texas Chainsaw is in there. It's you know top five easily, if not higher than that. And I would, I wouldn't watch a prequel that I've heard damaged the original one because I love the original one. Yeah, and this this actually helps it. So I recommend Good. it. I shall. Don't uh, don't eat lunch while I'm watching it. Is that probably a? Ah, oh, screw that. If you've got a hard stomach like me, then it's fine. Some liver and kidneys on the old plate, and just wolf it down. Speaking yeah, of and stuff, that, that's, it's fine. Just yeah, <laughs> you're okay. You're fine. Well, I'm glad you liked it because you had a high anticipation for this because you're a fan of the filmmakers. Yeah, it I always makes me sad. Still on Julian Moreau. It always makes me sad when you've got high anticipation for a film and it sucks. Yeah, it's like damn it because you're you're sort of very hard to please when it comes to wow that film was amazing. So whenever you're really looking forward to one, I always hope that it is good. And so it's nice to hear that this one is. Yeah, it's more often the case where it does turn out to be bad. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, damn, I want it to be good for him. So I think the other ones were Krampus, which I remember you were uh, massively anticipating. So, I mean, you, you still rewatch that every year. So, out of the ones that I've actually talked about, six have actually turned out to be fantastic films and that is good. A couple, a... a couple which are okay and a few that are absolutely horrible movies. Yeah. But that's not bad. That's good for you. That's a good average, isn't it? It's better than a good average. No, that's beyond. Go. Usually we're hard pushed to find one that was amazing. Yeah. But told you, horror films this year, it's definitely actually, st- they've stepped up their game majorly. Mm. And we've still got a few good films to come. I've still got Jeepers Creepers 3 yet to watch. Yep. Unfortunately, I did read something today about Jeepers Creepers 3, which is making me hate Victor Silva even more. Uh, is that possible? Because he's not widely liked that guy, is he, because of his past? So. Well, it's a good job that um, the, when it was screened for fans, the scene was left in. When um, it's released on VOD and Blu-ray DVD, the scene is being taken out. Oh, and do you agree with the scene being removed? Yes, because right. it's down to the director's back backstory the the scene itself involves these two people talking about the rape of a 13 year old boy Ah, and um, uh, one of the persons going oh well it's the father's choice to be able to do that it's 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 conversation between two people but that scene has actually been taken out of the vod and dvd release the home surprise some filmmakers might be able to get away with having that scene in but not him not, not one of them no not at all and um, people out there, if they're intrigued of why we're hating on him, in, well, don't even watch because the film itself is awful. He did a film called Clown House, 
back in 94, I think it was, somewhere around that time there. Um, yeah. And one of the actors in Clown House, he was a 13-year-old boy, and Victor Silva was convicted of abusing him. Yes. But Clown House is an awful film. Anyway. If you watch the, even if you watch the trailer, you'll see why Victor Silva is a nasty person. Uh, but I thought Jeepers Creep was the first one was actually a good film. Uh, but yeah, yeah I thought you, it was good. I also but, really like Powder. Yeah, Powder's give or take for me. But yeah, um, a horror film where the the young boys in the film are running around constantly in their underwear. There's something going on with that. Yeah, a little bit. So yeah, thankfully they've decided but, to pull that scene. Yeah, don't even watch Clown House anyway. It's a terrible movie. It's crap. Yeah, it's not many decent films with clowns in. No, it clown. Clown's actually a pretty good film. What about Killer Clowns from Outer Space? It's stupidly cheesy. <laughs> Is it worth watching, though? No. Oh, damn. No. It, it, <laughs> it, it's really, really badly cheesy, that film. Uh, it's aliens taking the form of clowns. So it doesn't actually work because it's not. they're not technically clowns. They're aliens. I suppose like aliens turning into killer rabbits kind of did work because they don't... Yeah. They initially pretend to be rabbits, but then big predator-like jaws come out and, and swallow human beings. So that kind of worked. It's very yeah, maybe sim- not humans as clowns. So very similar to a film that's coming out in November, which is about an alien that possesses a camera that ends up killing people. So it's not like it's not like rubber where it's a sentient <laughs> tire. This is actually a camera that's been possessed by an alien and it kills people. So kill a camera. It's not It'll called killer, killer. Killer iPhone. I think X. it's called. Polaroid, I think. But it's out, yeah, it's out in November. Sounds interesting. Yeah, we'll have to wait on that and see what develops. Boom. Mm. Yep. Well, uh, you'll have to wait a while for it to develop. So. Yeah, exactly. Slow burner. So <laughs> while you're actually sitting there, and then all of a sudden the picture will actually appear, and it's terrible. And you're like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. It's terrible. Taking it all. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to get onto this little open forum radio type section because i know some of their hosts listen to this so i don't want them thinking i've nicked their segment which i have i'm stealing it because yeah. i like it so check out their their uh, podcast anyway they pretty much do what we do to talk about films video games and life in general but they do a best thing of the week and worst thing of the week uh best thing of the week for me i have shot another couple of spending time with episodes which uh, shot one in London and then one in York. First one was with the, with Danny Thompson. She's actually in Cute Little Buggers. So that was quite weird because she was talking about that film going, oh, I think it's out some point in November. A few days after, I get the screener through from the Uncorked Entertainment and I managed to sit and watch that. So that was cool. So I'm now up to date with the filming of my episodes. Worst thing in a week is um, I discovered that the one I shot in York, the microphone was pointing in the direction of the wind. So I've now got a hell of a lot of audio, which is lots of wind noise Not sort a- of blowing in. So that's exactly. So it drowns out a few of my it was questions. Me. I was, was it there, I was standing there just going. Possibly. Maybe I got a haunted digital uh, audio recorder. Probably. Listen so back I- to it just to hear the audio if you hear it, like going, get out. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> So in a so, way, I might actually flip it around and turn it out to be the best thing of the year because then you've got Ghost on, on um, tape and you might have a YouTube hit there. It was in an old sort of churchyard, so you never know. It is possible. So I've got one hell of a headache trying to sort out the audio and piece all that together. So that's it's not a bad worst of the week, but that's definitely my worst of the week. What is your best of the week? Well, my best and worst tie into the exact same thing. So my I'll start off the with it's sort of like best worst in a way which leads to worst which leads to best. 
Okay. So um, I you make it confusing. Yeah, I love doing that. <laughs> caveats. Um, sort of like the best worst of things was I saved up enough money to be able to afford to buy a new Nintendo Switch again. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Brilliant because it's the best because I managed to buy a, a Nintendo Switch. But worst is because it took me so long to have to actually buy a Nintendo Switch again after the first time I had one. So um, when I did get it, it didn't work. So that led to the worst part, which I had to send off and get it fixed. And the best part is it's now back, and now I have a fully working Nintendo Switch. So nice. there, I, I confused it up. So best, worst, to worst, to best. <laughs> What's your favorite game for the Nintendo Switch? I've got two games at the moment. I've got Sonic Mania, and I've got uh, Splatoon 2. Nice. Splatoon 2 is getting a lot of love. From yeah. Games. I originally had a Nintendo Switch before, and I had um, uh, Zelda. Zelda is phenomenal. Is that one you finished, or is that one you just got yeah, rid of I, when you got rid of the Switch? I finished, uh, but um, right. I had to unfortunately get rid of that Switch because financial problems, yes. etc. So that's why it's taken so long for me to be able to afford to buy a new one. But when I tried to actually connect it up, it wasn't working. So I had to send it off to Nintendo, which was a pain in the bum in itself, and then got it back and then found out something else was wrong. And diagnosed it with the fact that my micro SD card that I was using was not working with it at all. So I took oh. that out, and the Switch itself is actually working properly now. But yeah, Yay. best, best, worst, worst, best. So I've, that is good. I've sort of like you've taken their idea, but I've added a little extra <laughs> twist to it for you. So I don't have to uh, shout their name out each week because oh. you could just put a spin on it, and it can become our own. Yeah, it's the best, worst, worst, best. That's pretty good. I'm playing a game called Life is Strange at the minute, which is kind of I don't know if I like it. I don't dislike it, but it's just very old. It was one of the ones that came down on the PlayStation for free yeah. um, a few months back, but it's kind of odd. It's different. But well, it's, I'll uh, give you a heads up. The free games for October are two big games. Oh, um, what are they? Metal Gear Solid Five, the full really? game, wow, okay. is free, and also Amnesia. I've um, not heard of that. Amnesia, it's a double pack, so you get the first and second game. You get Amnesia and Amnesia, the a machine for pigs. And it is, um, have you heard of a game called Outlast? Yes. It's like Outlast. There is no combat in it, but it's it's set in um, a sort of like dilapidated mansion kind of thing. And it's, yeah, it's involving demons and all that kind of stuff. Monsters, you having to escape from. But yeah, they're, they're free as of, I think it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, it's usually Tuesday at the beginning of the month, isn't it? So. Definitely recommend the Amnesia series, Amnesia and Amnesia Machine for Pigs. But Amnesia and Amnesia Machine for Pigs and Metal Gear Solid Five. Even nice. if you just want to download something for Halloween, for horror for yourself, there you go. There's the amne- um, two Amnesia games for you. Well, I've got, um, and I've not played it yet, but Until Dawn, that's a horror one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I've got that, but not played it so yet. So there you go. There's a double bill for you. Play one of the Amnesia oh, yeah. games and Until Dawn for, um, for Halloween. So you're oh, covering no. both TV, film, and video games. I know. I, just, I need some decent TV horror shows, because American Horror Story Series 7 just isn't cutting it for me. So I might go searching for a decent horror show. Um, but every film I watch this month is going to be horror movies. So anything else that comes out, I'm just going to have to put it to one side and watch it in November. Yeah. there. Why can I never remember that name of that TV show? I think it's called Harper's Island. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that during this episode. I watched where everybody goes back for a reunion or whatever. And yeah, it's like when? 13 episodes, one and done, isn't it? That Yeah, that watch show. that then. Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't mind reliving that myself to see if it holds up now because I remember because it was BBC Three who showed it in the UK, yeah. and I remember each week there was a death, there was a killing yes. each week until you got to, I think it was like episode ten um, or eleven where like four people died. Like it was pretty much a bloodbath, 
of yeah. people dying in there, and it, you still couldn't guess who the serial killer was. Me and my mum, we used to watch and go, oh, the serial killer, this, it's perfect for that kind of thing. It uh, but it's been so long to see if you can actually remember who the serial killer is. Not Very few people actually watched it. But yeah, I'm, in, it. I'm intrigued to go back and watch Harper's Island if there's a place to actually find it. You can. I was in CEX, the the movie and CD shop and whatnot. You can buy secondhand stuff. Uh, we know what it is, but other people might not. Yeah. So I was in CEX. They had the box set there for like three quid. Definitely so worth that. It's really good. I remember watching that. But for a, a time, I could not for the life of me remember what that show was called. Nobody can. No. Nope. And I'm like, what the hell is it called? I ended up going looking for the title. And then, yep. It's it's just, it just it. clicked into my brain there. That's the first time I've been able to actually remember the name of the show straight away, pretty much. Yep. Harper's Island. It's great. Great show. 13 episodes. I don't know if it was one of those that got cancelled or whether it just came out and it was oh, one I series and it was I think it was done, just but... meant as a one and done kind of thing. And it worked. Yeah. It was fine. You know, there was, I don't remember it ending on any, oh my God, oh, there's a cliffhanger. Yeah. I think it pretty much told you everything it needed to and then stopped. But yeah, Harper's Island. I might really watch good. that because I, all I watch TV wise is The Great British Bake Off and Rick and Morty. And Rick yep. and Morty's on its last episode in America. It's shown t- the final episode is tonight um, of this season. So that's Rick and Morty done. And I don't watch TV at all anyway. I want to get home from work. It's just Twitch or YouTube, but I might be slightly intrigued by just watching the first episode of Harper's Island just to see if it holds up and probably won't. Get yourself on YouTube as well, because I was going down the YouTube rabbit holes today, and there's loads of horror documentaries on there. Loads of them, like feature-length, making of Halloween, making of Silence of the Lambs, and all sorts. There's absolutely tons. And then, you might end up discovering like a, a horror short, which will lead on to the next big film. Like uh, Mama was a horror short and The Babadook was originally supposedly a horror short and um, things like that were uh, Lights Out um, were originally um, horror shorts. So they led on to directors directing big films. So you never know. You might discover something of that ilk. Now, when I finish this podcast in a couple of minutes, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to make a net watch a film. Uh, one of these I've seen, one of them I haven't. I've got a choice. She's not seen either. Don't Breathe or Lights Out? Which do you reckon? I've seen Don't Breathe. I quite enjoyed that. We'll watch Lights Out then. Do you reckon that will be that's a good choice? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, um, definitely watch Lights Out. And then when Annabelle Creation comes out, watch that and enjoy it. Because the director of uh, Lights Out was the one who directed David Sandberg. He directed um, Annabelle Creation. And yeah, it, it's a good start. Um, Lights Out is a good um, stepping block. It reminded me uh, a little bit of Darkness Falls. Oh, yeah. But not as like awfully cheesy as Darkness Falls is. Uh, but, uh, even though Darkness Falls has had its moments, again, it's another film that was absolutely ripped apart by critics. But I thought it was okay. It's got its moments in it. But yeah, I would say Lights Out. Definitely, I should watch that one tonight, then, and I will even put the lights out. So, because then at least it's a film that you haven't seen. Both of you haven't seen. So, rather than you sitting down watching a film you've already seen, but she hasn't, you just can both yep. sit down and watch a film which both of you haven't seen. So, exactly, I shall do that then. But it's always a pleasure having a podcast with you, Stu. Yep, and uh, we shall probably speak more times this month. And if we if you're free any other Sundays or whatever, we'll. Uh, do some horror shows we'll have to make sure we get one done before the end of the month definitely for halloween and then you can put it out on halloween itself hell yes yep make that a date yep yep definitely all right will you enjoy you too and i will uh, catch up with you soon just let me know what you thought of light out i will do (laughs) see you later bye
Bye bye. Welcome to the East End of London, a place that has encountered the most heinous villains ever to walk the earth. But until now, London has never seen anything as monstrous as this. He's eating a foot. It's fucking disgusting. This is an emergency broadcast. There is a viral infection spreading fast through the capital. Shut up, you shoppy tart. Those things out there are fucking zombies. Yeah, it's zombies. Is that as fast as they go? <laughs> oh. That's how you do it. They're going to seal off the East End, see if they can contain it. Let's get to the docks. Piss off, you muppets! I'll take you all on a show with my fucking brother! Stop saying them. What about Grandad? We have to go then. Tall up. All right, Grandad. Boys, now you're talking my language. You've got to shoot him in the head. We know where to fucking shoot him. There's a lot of Trafalgar's out there. Trafalgar Square, Fox and Air. Abercrombie and Fitch, Abercrombie Zombie. Easy nine millimeter. Oh, that was really sad. Yeah. Woo! Zombies. Get the fuck out of my East End! With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.